Welcome on in everybody to a Wednesday slash Thursday edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast. I'm your host, Gino Camilleri, and thank you for making the Locked On Eagles podcast part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, your first listen each and every day. Thank you for joining us here on your holiday. We will be taking Thursday off and get back to things on Friday. I want to say to all our fans, have a very safe holiday. Have a very good time with friends and family and enjoy some football. I know everybody has a lot of work going on. There's a lot of stress in your life. Thanksgiving is one of those days where you can sit back and relax. But first, we have some news when it comes to the Philadelphia Eagles. We will get into in segments two and three a discussion with host of the Lockdown Giants podcast, Patricia Trena. Now going on once again, another season that we are talking to Patricia in these Eagles and Giants matchups. There's some interesting news when it comes to the Giants. Offensive coordinator Jason Garrett was just fired after the collapse on Monday Night Football for the world to see. The Giants are in a rough spot, and can the Philadelphia Eagles take advantage of a team that is going through a lot of turmoil where the Eagles are on track or getting on track for once this season? They will be without, though. Davian Taylor, probably their best linebacker in this season. Coach Sirianni had a press conference on Wednesday morning where he addressed that Davian Taylor just had surgery yesterday. He will be placed on the injured reserve. We don't know how long he is going to be out for. Hopefully that knee is able to be repaired and get better very soon because this Eagles team is going to need Davion Taylor. They're going to need a player that is fast, physical and can cover in that secondary unit. And they have a guy there for once opposite of Davian Taylor that might be able to pick up the burden in TJ Edwards, who they just signed to that contract extension through next season. We'll look for Alex Singleton to pick up a majority of the slack when it comes to the linebacking position. There's going to be a lot of next man up mentality when it comes to this game on Sunday. Brandon Brooks is still reported to be out. We don't know how long he will be out for as well. So they just have to continue to do what they were doing, play well with the guys that they have in-house against the Giants team that on any given Sunday in the NFC East, you don't know what is going to be dished out, no pun intended there, on the Thanksgiving reference. So when we come back, we will get into this discussion with Patricia Trainer, host of the Locked On Giants podcast. I'm Gino Camilleri here on the Locked On Eagles podcast, your first listen of each and every day. But before we get into our discussion with Patricia, we have a message from our friends over at Bet Online. Bet Online this Thanksgiving is the place to be so you can go and put a wager on the Dallas Cowboys losing on national television, something that is my favorite tradition each and every Thanksgiving. You can bet all the football action and you can bet everything else, any sport that you want, because bet online is the number one place for all sports this Thanksgiving. Head to their new and updated desktop or mobile website today to sign up using the promo code locked on L O C K E D O N to receive a 50% welcome bonus at sign up. It's not just for football. For pro and college hoops, people love their hoops this time of year. People love their hockey this time of year. Boxing, UFC action is always going on. I always go and play some Vegas casino games, put some money down on 24 on roulette. I do it wherever I go. So whenever I have the chance, I do it at Bet Online. 
Ag, especially in 2021 and taking us into the new year in 2022. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. Welcome on in, everybody, to Crossover Thursday. Happy Thanksgiving to everybody and happy NFC East week. We are here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast, the first listen of each and every day, joined by the podcast host of the Lockdown Giants podcast, Patricia Trena, once again joining us here on this crossover edition for now the fourth straight year we've been doing these shows together Patricia it is great to have you joining us once again I know things are hectic in New York right now but how are you doing personally I am away which is good news (laughs) as we record this it's a couple days after uh, Monday night football which always takes Mm -hmm. a lot out of me and uh you're right a very busy day with the Jason Garrett news but I'm I'm awake I'm enthusiastic and believe it or not I'm actually looking forward to this weekend despite the Monday night fiasco that we saw um, Michael Strahan weekend so that's something to look forward to and hey it's always usually a good game between the Giants and the Eagles something funky always seems to happen so I'm looking forward to it I was unaware of this Michael Strahan day until we had mentioned it here on the show. And I don't think Eagles fans are going to be very happy that we have to go into the Meadowlands the day that they are honoring one of the biggest nightmares for guys in midnight green at the quarterback position. Strahan is one of the best to do it, but Strahan is long gone. Justin Tuck, OCU Manura, those days are long gone. We're here in 2021, Patricia, just a few days removed here from a big Monday night football collapse. And then the the inevitable firing of Jason Garrett. Things are moving fast in New York. What is going on there in that offensive room? Who is going to take over for Coach Garrett? And what does Daniel Jones think is going to be the next step for his evolution now that Garrett isn't there? Well, to answer your second question, Jones wasn't made available um, when the Giants announced it. They announced it on Tuesday. So we didn't hear from Jones. We won't hear from him until Wednesday. So I don't know what he thinks about it. I do know after the game Monday night, he did, you know, offer his support of Garrett. But, you know, what are you going to what did you expect him to say? You're going to expect anybody to say, no, this this guy's got to go. But as far as who's going to take over the play calling, there was a report that it would be Freddie Kitchens probably based on the fact that Freddie Kitchens, who, you know, was the former Cleveland Browns head coach. And I think before that he called plays for Cleveland. Um, He called plays for the Giants last year when Garrett came down with COVID. So everybody kind of assumed that, you know, he's going to be the guy. Now, head coach Joe Judge told us um, Tuesday that he has not made that decision yet, that the the uh, assembly of the game plan was going to be a collaborative effort, which by the way, it always is every week. Mm-hmm. So this is nothing new and that they would kind of get through the week and see who's going to do what come game day. Now, will Jerry Shuplinski, the quarterback's coach be involved a little bit more? I don't know. I mean, it would make sense, even though he's never called plays as far as I know in the NFL. Um, but he's the guy who works closely with Jones, maybe, um, this season a little bit more closely than Freddie Kitchens, who was moved from tight ends to senior offensive assistant. And he was, uh, from what I understand, was doing a lot of work with offensive line. But still, um, Judge has not said who it's going to be. My guess is it will be Freddie Kitchens because they did make that position switch, if you will, from tight ends to senior offensive assistant. 
and judge and kitchens are like two, you know, they're thicker than thieves. So I think that's the direction they're going to ultimately go in. Yeah, Freddie Kitchens, a name that we've heard around the NFL, a guy who was good in his position at Cleveland when he was calling plays. So that will be a nice spark, hopefully, for the Giants. It's one of those games that you you look at, Patricia. I know that feeling after the Las Vegas Raiders game with the Eagles. You say, what can go right? What is going right in New York for this team? I like to talk positivity. Every, anybody could be negative. What is going right in New York that when you're watching and when you go home, you want to write about that? Well, they're getting healthier. That's good. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, they got Saquon Barkley back from an ankle injury. Now, he didn't quite look like the Saquon pre-ankle injury, but the fact that he's back on the field is positive. Um, they have a couple of young pass rushers that I think have some potential in Quincy Roche who they picked up off waivers from the Steelers. And of course their second round pick Aziz Ojulari. And I think those two kids, once they get their feet underneath them, they're going to be very promising pass rushers. So that's going right. The defensive line um, with Leonard Williams and Dexter Lawrence, that's been a, a solid combination on offense. Um, Kadarius Tony is, is definitely a bright spot. I think uh, this is a kid you can ask him to run the ball. He can go deep for you. He can throw the ball. I think they used him now. Um, I want to say at least once in the last four games as a quarterback, or once every, may, might have been five games. I'm not sure the exact count, but they, they generally have a trick play for him. Um, so that's a bright spot. Now, as far as the rest of the team, you know, when you're boasting the record that they have right now, mm-hmm. which isn't very good and seems to be sinking fast on the whole, it's just not very positive, but I think brighter skies are still ahead. You know, Jason Garrett, just after thinking he would be a perfect fit for this offense, just didn't work out. If the Giants can solve their offensive line problems, if they can finally figure out what they have in Daniel Jones and just kind of fix some of the problems with the defense. I mean, sometimes that defense, I know on Monday night, it was like, whoa, this wasn't the defense we've seen, you know, two of the last three games where they've been successful. Just get some of these things straightened out. And then maybe just maybe they will finally get on track because right now it's just it's looking like another lost season for them. Yeah, it's tough when you come off of a game like that, especially going up against an NFC East opponent as well. That's not one of the games on the schedule where it's going to be easy going into Sunday, especially at the quarterback position who has to carry a huge burden for all of these teams here in the division. And three out of the four teams, I would say, have quarterback questions, and some of them are getting closer to being answered than others. What would you say is the progression of Daniel Jones into figuring out where he is, if he is the guy or if he isn't the guy. And how would you put a percentage on that from zero to 100? If good or bad, if you're 90% of the way there from figuring it out, if he's the guy or not the guy, just like Jalen Hurts, I'd say we're about 50% of the way figuring it out. But Daniel Jones has a little bit more experience. So I'm intrigued to hear your take on that. Well, there's my take and there's the Giants take. Okay, yes, let's hear both of those. Yes, the Giants take, I think, is probably, if I had to take a guess, I would say probably 80 to 90% because they continue to endorse this kit. Mm -hmm. Um, My take, I would say I'm a little less than, 
I would say maybe between 50 and 60% on my end. And the reason I say that is, is I do recognize that the offensive line has been a problem. I recognize that the play calling hasn't always been the best, you know, especially with, with playing up to Daniel Jones's strength. But I see sometimes a lot of silly mistakes he's still making. Um, the ball security has been better this year, but he hasn't completely eradicated it. Um, and then there, there's just things that I question whether or not he can do for the long term. Like, for example, he's been a great game manager, but can he load the team up on his shoulders consistently and carry them over the, the, the threshold? I also do not like the fact that, you know, when he runs, he doesn't slide. I mean, he started to try and make it more of an effort, but to me, lowering his head and his shoulder and trying to be the tough guy, it makes me nervous. And sure enough, I Mm -hmm. predicted he would get dinged and he did um, against Dallas. Didn't miss any time, but, you know, you still don't want to see your guy getting dinged. So for me, I think Daniel Jones still has a ways to go. The Giants, I think, feel a little bit better about him. But then again, the Giants felt really good about their offensive line. And we all know how that's turned out. So, Yeah, that's one of those things that I do take pride in having a good offensive line year in and year out. Because you look, not only does that create an issue with the running game, it also creates an issue with evaluating the quarterback and then the guys he's throwing to as well. So when you are able to evaluate him and you bring in a Kadarius Tony. What does that passing attack look like? And if you're going to win this game through the air, who has to have a big game for this Giants offense? Well, definitely Tony and Kenny Galladay. I mean, Daniel Jones's strength is the deep ball. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt about it. Now, unfortunately, um, he hasn't had any, very many chances to throw the deep ball. Now, here's an interesting stat. I think on average, most teams try maybe five to six deep balls um, a game. I think the Bucks, as a matter of fact, gen- tend to lead the league in that stat. I don't know the exact number, but I know last year they led. Um, so you're not throwing the deep ball every time, but you'd like to take some shots down the field. And the Giants haven't been able to do that in part because of the offensive line pass protection, um, in part because Daniel Jones maybe isn't seeing the entire field because he's got that messed up clock in his head because of the pressure. So I think though, if you want this kid to, to succeed, you got to throw the ball deep, you know, not again, not every play, but you've got to take your shots and you've got to get the ball in uh, Canarius Tony's hands, get the ball in, um, you know, uh, Galladay's hands and get Evan Ingram, the tight end involved. I mean, you didn't trade him. He's good going up the scene. He's, he's a matchup nightmare for, for linebackers and safeties. Get him the ball. I mean, I don't understand why they don't target him more. I mean, I know he's had some problems with drops and everything. He had a famous drop against the Eagles last year. But get the kid the ball because, you know, most times he's going to come through for you. It's just he just seems to come to fail you at the, the worst possible time. So. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you bring up Ingram. The Eagles have had a tough time defending opposing teams, linebackers. Last week, Adam Troutman really had their way with them. The week before, Noah Fant as well. And it's been an ongoing thing here in Philadelphia, defending that tight end position. So I am worried about Evan Ingram. Before we get back to this crossover edition of the Locked On Eagles and Locked On Giants podcast, we have a message from our friends 
over at Built Bar. If you haven't tried a Built Bar by now, you are missing out. They say it's a protein bar, but it doesn't taste like one. You have to try these amazing bars. They're not waxy. They're not chalky. They taste like actual candy and actual chocolate. It's 100% real chocolate that you're getting in each and every bite. And you don't get any of the guilt that you would get by eating a candy bar. It's low in fat, low in sugar, low in carbs, and high in protein. It's one of the better bars that you are going to get on the market. One of the better tasting ones and so many different varieties of flavors. They just sent us some new Built Bar Puffs that are unbelievable, and I hope all of our fans get to try them very soon. You can always try their original flavors that they have on their website at any time. Raspberry, coconut, mint brownie, coconut almond, salted caramel, double chocolate, and cherry barcia. They're always coming out with limited editions every three to four days, so make sure you go and take advantage of that offer at Built.com using the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED. One five L O C K E D one five at your order to get fifteen percent off at builtbar.com. Let's talk about the Giants defense. You seem to be much happier about this unit than you do the offense. Go through front to back. Let's hear about the defensive line. Let's hear about the linebackers. Let's hear about the secondary. And then who's going to be that one guy out of all of those units that has a game-changing play? I have one in mind. We'll see if it matches up, but I, I think I might know who you will say as well. Go ahead. Okay. Well, we'll start with the defensive line. The duo of Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams has been solid. You know, now I still say that defensive line is missing Dalvin Tomlinson, but mm-hmm. in his stead, to, and to their credit, Austin Johnson and Danny Shelton played decently, I thought, Monday night against the Bucks. So there's, you know, are they Dalvin Tomlinson good? No. But are they um, serviceable? Yes. Linebacker, inside linebacker. Now, they are missing Blake Martinez. Let's make that clear. Mm-hmm. Blake Martinez was not only uh, the quarterback of that defense, but he was a guy who could, you know, come up with, the, the defensive front plugging up the, the gaps there and he would come in and he would shoot through the gaps and he would be disruptive, make tackles. A lot of his tackles being close to the line of scrimmage. That's not happening as much now. So, you know, you got Tate Crowder, who's fairly good at, at in coverage, you know, not, you know, a, all pro, but decent enough. You got um, a, a rotation of Reggie Raglan is in there mm-hmm. at, at the other linebacker. They signed Benardrick McKinney, who who was a pro bowler, I think, in 2018 for the Texans. He's been solid. So they're they're making moves to shore up the inside linebackers. On the edges, that's a group that, um, you know, they upgraded the talent there. The numbers haven't been there, but, you know, the Giants defense will say, well, it's not about the sacks. It's about moving the quarterback off his mark. Well, they didn't move Tom Brady off his mark, <laughs> as I recall. I mean, they had to wait till Blaine Gabbard came in the game before they, they were able to move a quarterback off the mark. But they do have um, some some intriguing talent. I mentioned Aziz Ojolari, their second-round pick. Uh, Quincy Roche, who they picked up off of waivers from the Steelers. Um, Trent Harris, who's a veteran, a young veteran, who had a strong summer for them, but he's been sitting on their practice squad, been elevated you know, as needed. They have this kid, Ellerson Smith, who just came off of um, the IR list a couple weeks ago, still getting his feet wet, but I, but you know, he's an intriguing guy. 
So they do have some talent there. And then, you know, Lorenzo Carter and O'Shane Zimenez, Mm -hmm. those two guys were the incumbents, the starters at the, you know, back in week one, kind of dropped off a little bit. Um, Zimenez, he's been inactive now, I think, I want to say twice, because he's just, he still has trouble against the run. And Carter has had some injury issues. He had the ankle, which cost him, I think, two games. This past week, he was sick on top of having the ankle issue. So he did not play as well. And I don't know if he's going to play this week. Back in the secondary, again, some issues with some injuries. They lost Jabril Peppers. But Julian Love, uh, Xavier McKinney, and Logan Ryan, who unfortunately wasn't available on Monday night because he tested positive for COVID, they've been solid. The corners... um, I think Odori Jackson has played a lot better. James Bradbury, though, is not playing at the same level that he was back last year. Um, Speed has continued to hurt him. I think he's given up something like five or six touchdowns now, and we're not even through the season. I think um, I I can't remember what he gave up last year, but I know it wasn't that much. Mm -hmm. So he's just, for some reason, not the same player. And part of that is because of the, of what they're being asked to do. They're being asked to keep stuff in front of them. So they're playing more of a loose zone these days as opposed to press man, which we thought we would see more of. As far as the player um, who could make the game-changing play or, or, or an impact play, I would say, you know, I, and I'm sure you're going to think I'm going to say Leonard Williams. I'm going to say Ojulari. I was going to say Aziz as well. I love Aziz. He was one of my favorite guys coming out of the draft at the edge position. I hope you were going to say him. Yes. Elgilary would be my pick. I know a lot of people would say, well, what about Leo Williams? And I'm like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I could see Leo, but Elgilary is the guy. And I'll tell you why. Because, you know, um, a couple weeks ago against the Raiders, three weeks ago against the Raiders, I don't know if you remember, there was that play in the end zone where Derek Carr um, overshot, I think it was Darren Waller, I think mm-hmm. it was the intended target. And Ojulari is actually the one who got Carr off his uh, off his spot mm-hmm. and, and just made him throw that ball faster. So little things like that show up and, and um, you know, they don't come up necessarily in the box score, but you go back, you look at the film and you say, oh my gosh, they got a pass rush there. Mm-hmm. And that kid found a way to get it done. So this is a kid that, you know, I, I've been very happy with his play. And I think he's going to get better and better as he gets more experience. Yeah, Aziz Ojolari is one of those guys that I was looking there in the second round when it was the decision when the Eagles were going to pick. They get Landon Dickerson, but they did need help at pass rush. And when you have a guy like Ojolari with the athleticism that he has, with the refinement in his technique, Going against these two tackles, it's going to be a tough test in Lane Johnson and Jordan Maialata. But if you're going to get Jalen Hurts off his spot and get him in pursuit, you have to look at Ojolari as being one of those weapons that's going to be in his face all day long. At the end of the day, we know it's an NFC East matchup, Patricia. The Eagles have had the Giants number in the past few seasons. I know it's Michael Strahan day. I know there is redemption in many storylines from the Jalen Hurts pulling in last year to the Devontae Smith pick at the draft. When you look at this game, do the Giants have enough to pull off an upset against the Eagles, especially playing in the Meadowlands, where they're going to have home field advantage, where the Eagles going on the road, they have been road warriors. It seems like it's going to be a matchup that 
either team could really take it on any given Sunday. Well, first off, I hate to say it, but I wouldn't be surprised if the crowd was very heavily Eagle fans. You know, Giant fans are doesn't just shock not, me either. Yeah, it would not shock me. I mean, Giant fans, rightfully so, are frustrated by the play of the team. Um, do the Giants have enough on paper? Yes. But there are question marks now. Mm-hmm. How much different, for example, will the offense look? You know, they're not going to scrap the entire system, mm-hmm. but what's going to change? What's going to be different? How's it going to benefit the talent they have? On defense, you know, are they going to be able to stop the Eagle weapons? You know, they have trouble against quarterbacks who are mobile. And Jalen Hurts, quite frankly, does worry me against that defense. So um, on paper, I would say, yes, the Giants have what they need. I need to see it. And I, I made this 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 uh, pledge on Twitter. I said, I will not treat the Kool-Aid again. I actually thought hmm. the Giants might have a chance against the Bucks. And the reason why I thought that was because, you know, I'd figured out what I would do with the game plan. And it's funny because the, the Bucks offense did what I thought the Giants offense should have done. And I thought the Giants defense would be able to, you know, attack the double A gaps and get after Brady because everybody knows. I mean, the Giants shoot back in the in, in the Super Bowl. What were the Giants doing to, to disrupt Brady? They were shooting up those double A gaps, you mm-hmm. know. So uh, I, I was surprised not to see that as well. But um, I won't treat that Kool-Aid again. I'm, I'm telling you right now, the Giants got to prove to me and consistently that they're not going to take two steps, you know, one step forward and five steps backwards. So um, if you were to ask me right now, who am I picking? I got to go with the Eagles. Uh, and I know that probably means I've got to turn in any kind of, you know, Giants country type of card that I might own, but I'm sorry. I I, I got to, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. I've drank in the Kool-Aid way too many times, Patricia. Being a realist is much better and understanding the state of a team and knowing what they can put in week in and week out is much better when you're evaluating it after the game. But don't get too stressed out. Don't drink the Kool-Aid. Go have a nice drink with your family on Thanksgiving. I hope you have the best Thanksgiving with you and your family. I hope this game is exciting for both of these teams. We always appreciate you joining us here on the crossover edition of the Lockdown Eagles and Lockdown Giants podcast, where we will see you in a couple weeks from now, Patricia. But until then, let our fans know where they could find you on Twitter and any other platform where you put out your work. Yeah, you can find me at uh, Patricia underscore Traina, T-R-A-I-N-A. And you can find my written work at Giants Country, which is part of the SI.com Fan Nation Network. So we're putting out stuff daily, videos, features, you name it, we've got it. Um, And uh, always welcome Eagle fans in. Um, I have nothing against Eagle fans. I know Eagle fans and Giant fans don't uh, necessarily get along, but you know, I embrace the Eagle fans. They've always been good to me. And uh, hey, drop me a line. Stop by the show and catch me also on YouTube. The Lockdown Giants podcast is on YouTube. And you guys also can find us on YouTube. You can find us on Twitter at GC24 underscore football at DBLCLOE at Lockdown Birds as well. Make sure you check out all of the Lockdown podcast podcasts, Lockdown Network 
always has shows for you each and every day, five days a week here in NFL season. We're taking you right through week 17, all the way through the Super Bowl, well through the offseason. And then we're going to do it again next year, Patricia, where we got two more of these matchups. But until then, make sure you find us on Twitter. Make sure you go subscribe at YouTube. Have an excellent Thanksgiving to all Giants and Eagles fans. It's the best division in football for a reason. It might be the NFC least to some, but there's not more enjoyable football than that between all of these NFC East teams. Thank you for joining us here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. I'm Gino Camilleri. Fly, Eagles, fly.